and welcome to Reviewing History, your comedy history podcast. I'm filmmaker and teacher Brian Rupert. I'm joined here by Frank Jones. <laughs> Come on. Steve Bedagliaco. And Aunt Galati. Hi. <laughs> hey, everybody. How you doing today? We're uh, back. Yep. Better than never. Did you ever see that movie, We're Back at Dinosaur Story? Yeah. That might be on my next movie list. That's actual history. It's so <laughs> could you do Jurassic Park and say, like, there's dinosaurs in it and they were a part of history? It depends how much we want to stretch the concept of this show. <laughs> like, how far are we willing to push the envelope? We just start talking yeah. about iGen and how they're fo they formed right. and shit. But, like, let's say Jurassic Park became a thing next week. Right. Like, we have dinosaurs now. We're going to put them in a park for you to see. Technically, we probably could go visit the park and then do Jurassic Park to critique the differences. Wouldn't we just right? talk that we saw real dinosaurs? Yeah, we'll I just think lose that, our shit that we. I, I, I think the show would be irrelevant at that point if we had <laughs> dinosaurs walking around. Time to change the concept. Yeah. <laughs> We're worried about fucking Godzilla and shit. <laughs> That's one of the greatest sentences anyone's ever said. We're worried about fucking Godzilla and shit. <laughs> that would yeah, be I in mean, like the R-rated version of Godzilla starring like Will Smith, right? He don't curse. He's squeaky clean. I don't think we could create a, a giant like skyscraper-sized dinosaur that shoots beams from his mouth, though. Mm. So, I mean, we did create God. Well, it depends which mythology you're going by. Originally, Godzilla was created by nukes. Oh, what is he in the the Matthew Broderick one, which is the only real one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one, no, that's no the one I care movie. about. He's yeah. just, I, I think it's the same thing. Like he's an iguana that was right. hit with radiation. It was, it was not in a single the one French. of the other ones. So. The French did it in that. It Jean was, Reno. It was Jean Reno. <laughs> and Janet Reno. And the worm guy. Janet oh, Reno God. not featured in that movie, if I'm not mistaken. How a Puff Daddy is. It's the only important thing mm. is that he's in it. Mm. Well, at least the soundtrack. Right. Well, see, he wasn't actually in the no, movie. No, he's not in the movie. Okay. I wish he was, though. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Excuse me. Mm. We had uh, the guy from The Simpsons, though. Uh, Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. Yeah. I got the god. I always bring that up. You love that movie. It's one of my. It's so bad. <laughs> it's great. I think I brought it up on this show, didn't I? I would Maybe. not be surprised. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about Independence Day. We were talking about Roland Emmerich. It is always raining in that movie. Godzilla. Yes, like it's it's just for some reason for like a few days straight. It's just kind of like pouring. Do you ever see Stigmata from way back in the nineties? Yes, that's another rain movie. Mm -hmm. Name me a favorite rain movie. Go, Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Oh man, this is tough. Seven. Is that a rain movie? It rains throughout it the raining, whole movie. Yeah, yeah, it's raining a lot. Mm. It's shitty weather. Yeah. From what I understand, the new Batman is nothing but rain. It's very rainy. You haven't seen it yet? No, I'm not seeing it. You're not seeing Why? it. I will not go and see it in theaters. Oh, let's talk about this. This sounds like a hill to die on. What is it? Oh. This is my The story of a girl. This is the story of a girl. Um, I do not like Batman. As a character, mm -hmm. I will enjoy a Batman story from time to time, but I do not like the character, so I will not go and watch a Batman movie in theaters. Will you watch it in a house? Will you watch it with a mouse? <laughs> will you watch it on a boat? Will you watch it crossing a moat? I will watch it with the goat. Me and Tom Brady, actually, we're, we're going to watch it together. <laughs> 
I just don't. Would you kiss Tom Brady on his lips like his child does? Can I say yes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just honestly, there's like this is like the fifth Batman reboot, and like it ever we're darker and grittier than before. If they really wanted me to go see a Batman movie, do like Adam West style and make it fun. Mm-hmm. Have the balls to do that. Well, they did do that. It was Batman and Robin, right? Or, that, but they they weren't meaning for that to be like camp. You know, they were trying mm-hmm. to make something cool. I disagree because there is a moment in that movie. There's a movie I know very well. Uh, actually, it's Batman Forever, not Batman and Robin, where they land on the Riddler's island he's created, <laughs> and there's a holy, uh, holy Toledo Batman type line from Robin. He he's the he says holy metal Batman, and it's the metal. It's holy. He says it, and it's a reference to the show. Yeah, it's it's that's an homage, though. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm talking where you just do a full out like nine. I'm, I'm not even saying you need to put him in the 1966 suit, mm-hmm. where it's just Batman in like a satire with comedy, and like you're making fun of the superhero genre in a way, and like comic books, and you're having fun with Batman. That's a good can, idea. Can we have a fun Batman movie? I mean, like, we could write it. Yeah, like I have to criticize your <laughs> critique, though. Again. Huh? Because you'll come back for the same fucking Spider-Man movie over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because this is the difference between... <laughs> I like Spider-Man. That's, the, that's, that's it. Well, right. well, the difference is Spider-Man's a character and Batman's not. Batman's not a character. Batman is not a character. Okay, you have can't to... say he's not a character, but you could say he's not a well-developed character. This is. I want to hear his case. Okay, All so right. this is my thing. And everyone, because everyone loves Batman... And you're a big comic book guy. I obviously. love comics. I fucking still read comics. And mm-hmm. it, by the way, don't fucking talk shit to me unless your ass is going down to the comic book shop buying new comics every Wednesday. <laughs> Suck my dick if you're not buying new comics. You don't know shit. You're talking to the audience now. Yeah. I've turned on. He knows we don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've turned on the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever episode He's this is, yeah, <laughs> it's fucking on. Because I'm assuming they hate me because I don't like Batman. The one way mm-hmm. I know how to get more listeners to threaten their you're lives. Right. Yeah. <laughs> tell them tell them un- hard truths that they don't want to hear. Yeah. yeah. Like they're not real fans. It works for Gerald Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I brought it back to history, see? Yeah. Oh. Brian the Batman fans drop dead. <laughs> okay. So I don't think he is a good character for several reasons. Okay. Um, first of all, the way he's been... I'll just say this real Who quick. Who created Bob Crane, right? Uh, Ichabob Bob Crane? Ichabob Crane <laughs> no. created him back in Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. And uh, go. All I'm right, sorry. So, Where am I going yeah. with that? It's nothing. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> let, it, let it fester. <laughs> it doesn't feel good to bomb, does it? No. Yeah. <laughs> feel it. At least I caught myself before I went too far. You just honestly, when you're going, when you're gonna bomb, just embrace just it. Lean into it. Yeah, you gotta be like the the dude in Doctor Strange Love, just riding the fucking nuke to the to oblivion. First of all, Batman is a ripoff of Zorro. Okay. Who's the first like kind of billionaire crime fighter? Zorro, style not dude. a comic book character. Though. No, but he's a pulp uh, character. Right. 1800s. Uh, the book, I believe the first book is 1800s, yes. Okay. Batman's what, the 30s? Batman 20s? is 1930s, created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Um, so I never heard of Bill Finger. Bill Finger did a lot of the original ideas and the family had to sue to get it recognized. I was actually going to do it as one of my historical things mm-hmm. at one point. Oh. Well, but still out there. Yeah. Like the truth. Yeah. Did he do a lot of fingering? 
Not just sexually. Only to Freddy. Sounds like a gangster. Hey, I'm Bill yeah. Finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he puts up the finger guns. And like, <laughs> hey, Bill Finger. So, anyway, I don't... Billy the Finger. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, there's been a problem with Batman since Frank Miller let him beat the shit out of Superman in Dark Knight Returns. That was in the 80s. That was in the 80s. Since that moment, and, you know, it really got bad in the 2000s. You don't like that. I, I don't like that because it's – I don't like man overcoming God, um, and that's what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you think of Dark Knight Returns, like, it starts out where it's, like, man against himself. Then he fights, like, um, like kind of the government and the police – and then by the last book, the fourth book, he's fighting God. He's fighting Superman, and he but wins. Superman's mm-hmm. an alien. It's not yeah. a god. You know, but that's like right. what they're... That's yeah. what I they're, see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, That's what they're getting at. He's beating the unstoppable. I don't, I don't like the idea of... Like, I don't think Punisher should be able to beat Superman either. These are regular people, mm. you know? Like, and like... You think it takes away from Superman? It, first of all, they've DC absolutely hates the character of Superman because they've done nothing but punk him for fucking, you know, since that moment when he they had raped. Batman beat his ass. They had him raped in a comic book recently. <laughs> I didn't read that book. He sent me the panel online. <laughs> I'm mostly a Marvel guy, full disclosure, but Superman is my favorite DC character. I don't like the way Batman is written because they've done what I what's I refer to, and I'm pretty sure other people refer to it too, as the Bat God. Where Batman has already thought of every single scenario, and he already knows everything that's going to happen. He's omnipotent. And he's always going to win. And Batman, with enough prep time, can beat anybody, because he doesn't have a weakness. And I think that is incredibly boring, first of all, as, like, writing. Because I'm, I already know, basically, your hero is always going to win the story, you know, 99% of the time, right? right? There's very few times when you're reading anything in fiction and it has a downer ending like that. Mm-hmm. Then my problem on top of it is that there's no actual stakes for Batman. So, like, I have a writing theory, right? Because I, I do write and, like, I come up with stories and shit like that. And my writing theory is that if you took any character down to their bare elements, right, and you removed, like, like let's use um, Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park as an example, right? Okay. And Alan Grant. Alan Grant, sorry. And let's say that he does not go to Jurassic Park and there is no dinosaurs, right? And he's an archaeologist. And he's just an archaeologist. The movie is now a story about his relationship with um, what's uh, Ellie. Ellie and him either overcoming Struggling as an archaeologist and said. him overcoming his hatred and desire to not have kids, right? And the it's about their relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that, you take the dinosaurs out of Jurassic Park, that story still exists. That mm-hmm. story still exists. If you take the Batman out of a Bruce Wayne story, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. It's a dude. In a fucking cave alone how, with a bolt. How butler. many movies could you do what you just you did? Could, any much? any good, and it's not a, the movie you're doing it to, it's the character. Mm-hmm. Because I like some Batman movies, and I like Batman stories, mm-hmm. but the character has nothing to him. And if you take other characters... So if you take Batman out of Batman, there's nothing there. That's not shocking to anyone, though. But if you did that for other characters, they still have arcs, and they still have stories. Let's do it to Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Okay, you have... the. You have a dude who's seeking a girl, and it's it's basically a teenage like love story rom com thing. 
and that would be the story with Mary Jane, with Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy, depending on you know what version of Spider-Man you're going by. Couldn't you? Argue, you have a geek trying to get the girl. Couldn't you argue that if you take the Batman out of a Batman story, that Bruce Wayne is a man that has suffered immense loss and has trouble actually maintaining relationships because of that loss? The dead parents. Mm-hmm. But there's that's a great point. He but, just did it. Hold on, no, because, and this is why, because. There's nothing else there. It's just him alone with the butler. He's a recluse who's not going out and not interacting with society. He doesn't have any friends. He's a, he doesn't have. He's a millionaire. That's kind of like, a story in playboy, itself, right? right? No, he's not a playboy because uh, he's not a playboy. But he's a, he's running a company because his but his he's, life. He's of, only doing that as a cover to be Batman. Yeah. That's not really something he cares about. There's nothing he cares about besides being Batman. It's thin. It's just thin. He's just a like. Yeah, he's a thin character. He's a thin character. It's what he is. There's no. There's no personal relationships. There's no personal. You could do states. that with a ton of heroes from comic books. Yeah, it's I, like, I think like most of them are like that. Right? Like, look at Superman. What does he got? Uh, Super- Lost, Superman. Superman. So, is, is it always just a relationship? <laughs> no. Super Superman's Superman's an character story. is an immigrant story. Yeah. He's basically an illegal alien trying to fit in in a society where he really doesn't belong, and that's the story of Superman. When you distill like the powers and all the bullshit yeah. away. I've never gotten that vibe from Superman. That's what Superman is like in his best stories. Really? Yes. I'll it's take about your word for it. I it's don't about know the an out, as it's, well as you. It's obviously. about an outsider, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you do this to any story, like you could do this to any action hero or anything, and there's there's something I'd there. I like this exercise. What's Jaws about without the shark? So Jaws without the shark, it's man is different. State. Is well, is it's different Jaws against the shark because. We're talking about characters and not movies, okay, right? Yeah, so they're different right. things. Like, All right, so who is Chief Brody without the shark? Yeah, so Chief Brody um, is a wounded cop, right? Right. Who had to leave his town because I and Danny shoot He's, a kid. I, I, I no. Something happened where he left his job. They left New York and went to the town. He's afraid of the water. I thought it's implied that like he did some bad shit or something happened to him. I don't think so. But in the book, he has like his wife has an affair with Hooper and shit. Yes, that's true. That's not in the movie. That's not in the movie. The movie's not focused on that. Mm -hmm. So, in the movie, it's like you have a small town. You have a big big city cop now in a small town, Mm -hmm. and he's dealing with like the mayor and like all this other shit. You know, right? He's he's adjusting to small town. It would be about his relationship. Right. Characters and relationships are what matter for stories. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you do that to good characters. You know, I think you made a a good case for yourself in your Batman hatred, and that is why I don't think Batman is a good character. He's not compelling to me, and the reason for that is like when you let's say you compare him to Tony Stark, right? That's Iron Man. Iron Man, and you compare him to Tony Stark. They're both billionaire superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. Tony Stark has personal relationships. He has alcoholism that he but must. So o- does Batman. Like- but he has things he must overcome. No, because. Bruce Wayne would not go out if he's not pretending to be Batman. He's not trying to run a successful company. He's not interacting with people. He's not a philanthropist. Everything he does is just a cover to be Batman. Batman is the is the real man, and Bruce Wayne and is the superhero. Here is my counter argument to his point that he hates Batman, and I try telling him that Batman is not about Batman. 
it's about the villains. The villains are the main characters of Batman. Yeah, I like the villains. Yeah, I think that, that Batman I'm not probably saying has the, better villains than most comics. I'm not saying the villains aren't good. And really, I'm not saying just, I don't saying, like a Batman story. Yeah, you hate the character of Batman. I'm saying... Yes. Now, you think the Joker's a great character. Joker's a Joker's fantastic, fantastic character. Because they focused on the villain stories and characters, and Batman is just... Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Doesn't the Joker have, like, nothing to him other than he's crazy? No. No. The Joker represents, like, society. Like, the, so the thing about the Joker is he represents different things depending on what version and, you know, what you're doing mm. with him. Like, if you think of Heath Ledger's Joker, he represents, like, chaos and anarchy, and he's, like, a totem for terrorism. Okay. That yeah. whole movie is right. about Bush. Yes. Batman in that movie is George W. Bush. Right. We've, we've discussed this before. I yes. Know you, everyone in the audience just went, what the fuck is he talking about? But. Yes. Maybe we'll, you have convinced me of that in the past. Maybe yes. we'll touch upon that another time. <laughs> yeah, we spent 20 minutes on this. We need to. <laughs> we got to get to the whole point of the show. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're still with us. But yes, uh, Batman is not a, a great. He's not a character, character I like. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a good character. If you like him, I'm not taking that away from you. You can like that character. I just don't think he's good. That has not. It's not going to affect your fandom. He'll be okay, I promise. <laughs> Spider-Man is my favorite fictional character. If you don't like him and you don't think he's a good character, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk now kind of briefly about another one of my favorite fictional characters, probably my number two, uh, James Bond, 007. Mm. Okay. Obviously, he is a fictional character, so we are going to be talking about what is referred to as Stalin's 007, Ricard Sorge. Sorge. Yeah. This is a person I've heard of. Yes. He is Stalin's 007. He was a German dude, kind of born to the bourgeoisie. Uh, mm. He went and fought in World War I, where he was wounded. He started the war as a brutal German nationalist, right winger. After Supported the Kais. Yep. After getting wounded, he became an ardent communist. Mm-hmm. Once he became a communist in Germany, he could not hold down jobs because he kept espousing his political beliefs, kept getting fired from everywhere. He decided to move to Russia as the Soviet Union was forming. By the way, I didn't say this. He had a German father and a Russian mother. Did he speak Russian? Uh, Probably probably a little, yeah. If he moved there, I imagine so. Mm -hmm. Uh, While he moves to Russia, they... He graduates, he gets, like, degrees and shit, and they're like, hey, uh, we want you to be a spy for us. Your cover is going to be an international journalist, and we're going to send you to places. So he goes back to Germany, and he gets a job at a German newspaper as a journalist. That's his cover, right? And he infiltrates the Nazi party, and he starts spying. And he's just spying in Nazi Germany. Eventually, he goes back. And they're like, yo. Uh, this is the 30s? This is the 30s, yeah. They're like, what we want you to do now is we want you to go to Shanghai, and we want you to spread communism, and we want you That's to— That's an odd place to send someone. Mm-hmm. It's mainland, and they want him to spread— so Uprising in the empire? To the start British an empire. uprising in Shanghai and to get them to try to become communists. Uh-huh. They're, you know, the Soviets are, especially at this period, are very well-renowned for the spy networks. Like, mm-hmm. the best. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they had shit. They knew about Pearl Harbor before Pearl Harbor happened. You That's know? this guy. He he was there. It's because of him. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get to that. He like this guy, like everyone spy person says, he had the best spy ring in history. He's the most successful spy ever with mm-hmm. the intel he got. He goes to China and he just starts spreading the so- seeds of communism throughout there, right? Mm-hmm. While he's in Shanghai. While he's there, he meets this Japanese dude, Osaki. Osaki is like kind of a news anchor there, like a broadcaster. Him and Sorge become buddies, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah. He's like, I really don't like this imperialistic shit Japan's doing. He's a communist. He's like, I want to be a communist too. Oh, He's boy. like, awesome. Fucking you're gonna, you're going to be my guy. <laughs> Sorge goes back to Russia for a bit. He had divorced his first wife already, gets his second wife, right? He's married for the second time. Mm-hmm. This comes in at the end. Okay. All right. He's there, and he's like, okay, you know, I'm going to go back. He goes back to Japan. Oh, by the way, need to say this about him. He fucks everything that moves. He's one of those guys. <laughs> he is known to be extremely handsome and good-looking. <laughs> and any th- Why are we always talking about studs? Because I, <laughs> I feel like uggos never rise up. Yeah. They never yeah. become anything. Guys like right. us, we're just schlubs. Look at just- Churchill, though. <laughs> He's not a looker. No. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you got to do some like really brutal shit to be remembered if you're not handsome at this yeah. point. <laughs> this guy goes to Japan now. He's slanging dick all over the place. Mm-hmm. Osaki helps him learn the ways of Japan. Right while there, he's working. You know. For- for the he doesn't exactly blend in in Japan, I'd imagine. Well, you have to remember, <laughs> there's German ambassadors there and stuff. Ah, is he pretending to be German? He is working for a German newspaper, oh, pretending German. to be a Nazi. I see. Okay. And what he does is he will openly, while he's in Japan, talk uh, talk shit about Stalin and Hitler. He'll talk shit about them both. Mm-hmm. And because he's doing this. People are like, well, no one that's pretending to be a spy would do that. Would openly mm-hmm. talk shit about Hitler. Right. You know, you'd want to be rah, rah, rah Hitler. Mm-hmm. So everyone believes he's a real dude. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, he also hates Stalin. He's a sane person. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And he's doing this. He becomes buddies with this German ambassador, Ott. Ott. I believe Stephen Ott. They become buddies. Like, they're inseparable. He uses Ott for tons of information. Just, and he has no idea he's being played. Yup. And what he'll mm-hmm. do is he'll feed him information from Osaki. So he thinks that, like, yo, this guy's helping us. Mm-hmm. He's, like, with is us. Is it good information or is it bullshit? There's some good shit, you know? like, right. but I imagine there has to be some truth exactly. if you're going to make a good cover. Exactly. So Ott's in love with this guy because he makes Ott look good, mm-hmm. right? Because Ott will send back reports. Ott eventually starts letting Sorge write his reports going back to Germany. That's how much he trusts him. Wow. He's like, you're in charge. Hmm. Ott is married. Sorge sees his wife. Oh, no. And he just can't. He's got to get in it. And he's got to fuck her. He's got to. He's got to slang that dick. (laughs) What do you think happens next? I'm going to say he gets caught. Does this blow his cover? This blows his cover. Yeah. No. Odd is okay with it. 
Ott Ott is a loser Ott Ott is one of history's greatest cucks He's up there with George Harrison yeah. What happened with George Harrison? Oh, Eric Clapton was banging fucking George Harrison's wife, and then George Harrison went and wrote like massive love songs about her while this was happening. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like something is about her while she was fucking Eric Clapton. Oh, and no. He... <laughs> you know what else is funny? In that Beatles documentary, doesn't um, the new one, doesn't John Lennon say to George Harrison, I'll replace you with Clapton? Does he? I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, apparently he says that to oh, him. Boy, when George Harris is like, we'll quit the band. <laughs> you know. Jeez. So Ott is okay with him fucking his wife. Mm. And in fact, went on record later being like, he was so good looking, I knew it was an inevitability. <laughs> and I hope this just runs its course and ends eventually. Like he gets tired of fucking my wife. Oh my God. Wow. Was he fucking him too? I that is not in history, but I definitely have my suspicions. Yeah, wow. because you don't just do that. Just let another man fuck your wife. Yeah. It, uh, and like steal your job. He pretty much usurped his identity. Yeah, he's writing the reports. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, this dude is one of history's biggest cocks, without a doubt. Mm. Like, yeah. this is what he's known for. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, I want to say this. Butterwood, Sorge, these aren't exactly Bond girls. He's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so they, like, Japanese <laughs> No, they they look like um Geishas? They look like uh oh, you've you, seen them? There's some pictures of some of them. They're not exactly good looking. They look like um he goes pigging. They look like grandmas kind of. Hey, not hey, hot grandmas what? like yours aunt, but right. like yes. yeah, but like other other grannies. Right. <laughs> so he has a taste. Both of my grandmothers are no longer with us. But <laughs> But um, the English one was a looker. I can tell you're so annoyed by this. I'm not annoyed at all. <laughs> no, it just, they look like, um like, so you ever see a picture of your grandmother from like the 40s? Yes. Yeah, they, they look like my, gra my grandma. They look like that. Not Greta Garbo. They never look like super attractive. They look like homely almost. I don't know. Because they're regular people. They're not movie stars. So he, yeah. he was going for... The average last. Yeah. I think I think they were less than average. <laughs> he was going for the less than average last. <laughs> I, I think they were less than average. Like I'm just saying, there's no uh, Denise Richards, Sophie Marceau. Yeah, but there, there never is, unless you're the great Pete Davidson, you know, who gets brought up every day. You know what though? <laughs> when when you're called Stalin's James Bond, mm -hmm. and I'm watching a documentary on you, mm -hmm. I have certain levels of expectations that must be met. <laughs> well, anything that comes from a communist state isn't going to be top notch. <laughs> That's true. So you got to assume that besides his info skills, his other skills might have been lacking. You mean you don't get turned on by starving Venezuelans? I <laughs> no, nothing gets me more aroused than seeing I love broken, down, broken down cement okay. buildings. <laughs> so. Your architecture is so depressing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> more blocks. <laughs> It's so bleak. <laughs> I love the sameness. You see, you see one per, one architect was like, I'm just going to make a curve right here. They shoot him on the spot. <laughs> on the spot, not even thinking. <laughs> Ott eventually tells Sorge about the Com Intern Pact. The, the Com Intern Pact? Communication 
pact? Is that what that is? What is that? It is the pact between uh, Germany, Germany, Italy, and Japan. The pact that officially oh, forms the Axis, the Axis powers. powers. Mm, mm. And Ott... I mean, I mean, Sorge knows about this, and he tells Stalin this is happening. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yo, they're they're forming together. Like, right. get ready, you're going to be invaded." Stalin says, "Fuck you, I'm ignoring yes, you." Yes, I have heard this before. Mm-hmm. That Stalin 100% was told like a thousand times that the Germans were going to break the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact mm-hmm. and invade the Soviet Union, and he just didn't believe it because he thought Hitler was a good guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Sorge had intel that directly told him. Uh-huh. And he's like, yo, like you're, we're going to be invaded. Right. It's happening. It's, he's ignored. He then finds a document from a Russian, from a, a defector to Japan from, from Soviet, the Soviet Union. So a he, fascist Soviet. He's, yeah, he just doesn't want to be in the, in the Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And he gives them intel that the Red Army will be ran over quick. He's like, mm-hmm. if you guys come, you're like... He's trying to urge the Japanese to invade from the east. Yes. Mm-hmm. I see. And he's like, you do this, it's game over for the Russians. Mm-hmm. Like, forget about China, get out the Russians. Right. That's really unfeasible, yeah. though, in the grand scheme of things. He keeps he keeps warning Moscow. Eventually, Sorge keeps getting intel, and he discovers that Japan is waiting for one of three things to happen before he um, before they attack Russia. What are the three things? Uh, one of them is China to fall. Not going to happen. I to be <laughs> to be honest, I didn't write down the three things, and I forgot. Oh, I I wish I remembered. Okay. That's okay. Yeah, I, I forgot. I'm sure it's like America reopens nonsense. Yeah, it was, embargoes. It was or... things that were never going to happen. Yeah, right. right yeah. Just by the first one, it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I it, know was, where this it, is it going. was things that were never going to happen. Of like the Germans advance past mm-hmm. the Volga yeah. and mm-hmm. capture the oil fields and shit, probably. Sorge eventually says, Japan is not going to attack you until minimum 1942. At the earliest. That's the earliest it could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Take all your shit away from Japan. And throw it and throw, throw it, it west. Throw it west. Get ready for Germany. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Stalin says, "Fuck you," right? Right. He's like, "Okay, this is, you know, I, this is ignored." It's a losing battle. Yeah. Obviously, we know. We know what happened. Germany invades <laughs> them, right. right? He he's got the intel. He's got good intel. Yeah, he's got great. He's been intel. right every time. Yeah. Yes, he's flawless. Like, and he has spies everywhere because mm-hmm. he set up this massive spy ring. Right. And we all know where the Japanese went in 1942. Mm-hmm. Like any yes. uh, December of 41. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Quite almost right on the money. Perfect. And I believe he mentioned the Pearl Harbor plans as well. Like right. he had the plans to Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. and he wow. knew it was going to happen. This is how he gets caught, which is obviously how we know he exists. He fucked Stalin's wife. <laughs> he goes back. Then we wouldn't know. Then he would have just vanished. <laughs> so, obviously they have spy rings, right? Mm-hmm. He has his boy Osaki. Osaki has a protege named Miyagi. Mr. I guess he is a Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> so the Japanese, the Japanese secret police catch this dude. He was waxing he's, on. He was waxing yeah. on. He's, a, he's about to get caught. What do What do you think he does? He rats them all out. Mm-hmm. No, he jumps out of a fucking window, right out the window, falling to the floor beneath. Does he die? 
No, he breaks every bone in his body and lives. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> it's just because he tried to save the information. And they, yes, told, they, they got it out of him. Splat. They got uh. it out of him. So he, he, after he broke every bone in his body himself. <laughs> Living in utter agony. <laughs> like, they don't even need to torture him at that point. Like You would think that maybe they'd have, like, a, a poison vial or something. Like, like a, a like crack tooth. Anything, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... He breaks every bone in his body. They go down and get him. They're like, yeah, we're bringing you in. And like, while he's in the hospital, he flips. Beating his leg. Yeah. He flips on Osaki. Once they get Osaki, the dominoes keep falling. They get yeah. to Sorge. Yep. They catch Sorge. They keep him for like a week or two. And eventually he's like, yeah, I'm a spy. You got me. The he jig is up. Mm -hmm. Ott and this other German dude they were friends with are like devastated that they've been played so bad. <laughs> they know their jokes. I let this man fuck my wife. Yeah. Did they kill themselves? Because honestly, I would fear for my life if you're well, that. Well, you person. can't go home. Yeah, you can't. You must just kill yourself. Ott was sent somewhere. He um, was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. where. He he like fucked himself so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but just goes to show you, don't be a cuck, kids. Yeah. Don't be a cuck. Finally, a good lesson. Yeah. We give valuable life lessons yeah. on this so, show. <laughs> so anyway, Sorge, while he's in prison, befriends like his investigator, this Japanese dude, and they have everyone, and they have like a respect for each other, and he tells his story. Mm -hmm. Right. The Japanese go to Stalin. They're like, "Hey, we got your top spy." We'll do. Let's do a spy exchange, mm -hmm. and you give us a guy back. We'll give you a guy back. Stalin goes. I don't know this guy. Yeah, of course. Fuck him. And he's like, they're like, what do you mean? He's, you know, he's. And no, I don't know. Him. <laughs> well, what do you expect? The, yeah, you have to. <laughs> so, so the guy, Sorge, right? Remember, he has a wife back in the Soviet Union. Oh no, Oof. not anymore. Sta <laughs> Stalin, Stalin takes her, throws her in a gulag in Siberia, dead within like two months. <laughs> oh, <God>. Oof. <laughs> So dark. <laughs> he, Sorge, is just waiting to be rescued by Stalin. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. And eventually he is executed. Years later, in 1964, he is honored as a hero of the Soviet Union for his vital information. <laughs> And Stalin they built statues to him. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. built statues to him and his legacy, Fuck and he them. is regarded as a hero and posthumously given Canonized. awards. Fuck and now, them. <laughs> one of the things I heard today was Stalin could not let Sorge back into Moscow. No, he's he's too dangerous. No, it's, he may have flipped. Even forget about flipping. The reason he could not let him back is because Sorge has the information available that he told Stalin all this shit that was going to happen oh, that Stalin did got, not follow it through It got on. millions of people yep. killed. Yes. Yep. Wow. Because yeah. they could have defended better and been ready, mm -hmm. and Stalin didn't listen to him because he's a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> and everything that happened there right. is directly because... Yeah, he could have yeah. saved millions of lives. Yes, yeah. and that is they say that's the real reason... Why Sorge could not come back. Huh. Wow. Yeah, that's a great point. What a great story. What a story, Mark. What a story, Mark. And that is the <laughs> Very good. that is a story of Richard Sorge, who pretty interesting dude. There's a lot more to him, look into him, but mm -hmm. slanging his dick around spying like and people who like that's he, not who James Bond is based on though, right? No, he's based on a different guy. Right. This guy is a British called, guy. This guy mm -hmm. is called Stalin's James Bond. No. 
Uh, he's based on uh, fuck. I think he's a Czech. I think he's a Czech dude. Wasn't he in Spain and shit? Like during... you're thinking of how the book was written. Ian Fleming ba- based Bond partially on himself, right? And this other dude. Okay. Yeah, Ian Fleming said Sorge is the greatest spy who ever lived. Which, when you think of the quality of information, yeah, it has to be him. Or uh, well, honestly, I guess the greatest spy who ever lived is someone we don't know about, right? You'd assume, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> safe bet. Yeah. yeah. If you don't get caught, you're doing a better <laughs> job. Abraham Woodhull. <laughs> um, Stephen, yes. I believe you're up. I, I once again, in the most. Steve fashion British aristocrat I brought a British aristocrat (laughs) who lost their shit (laughs) and uh, honestly this isn't so much losing their shit um, as much as it was a really cool person Mm -hmm. Um, Lady Hester Stanhope Doug Stanhope's wife (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, born 1776 the best year in history (laughs) Uh, died in 1839 this lady was a British traveler and explorer. Early British traveler and explorer. In fact, 100 years before Lawrence of Arabia. Uh-huh. She explored the Middle East. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alone? Went there with some companions. Okay. Left them. When you say companions, do you mean they were fucking... Was her brother with her? Because if so, then we know she was having sex. Brother was, I believe the brother <laughs> if I've learned was every, with if I've learned This show is teaching me so much shit, dude. <laughs> if, I've, if I've learned anything from history, it's that if British you're before 1900 and yeah. you're with your family, you're fucking British, It's the British aristocrat way. Okay? <laughs> Especially when you go off the deep end, you're, you're fucking everything. Um, I believe that her brother was with her early on, but they separated later. later. Uh, they did not. I don't think they fucked. But... Who knows? From <laughs> the, from so. the pattern, there's a ninety percent chance that that was happening. I'd, I'd take money on it. Uh, yeah, yeah it, would, it would be a, a safe bet. <laughs> she decides to go take a trip around the Mediterranean and gets into a really bad shipwreck, in which the only way they survived was the crew rode to a nearby island and survived in like this windmill for like days. And after that, she was like, well, if I could survive this, I could, I could survive anything. I'm going to the Middle East. Why? Because she wants to be an explorer. Okay. She was one of the f- like first woman explorers. Woman archaeologists, really. Ah. Later cool. on, yeah. She was regarded as royalty in the Middle East. Well, why? Was it because she had blonde hair and blue eyes? I They've guess, never I, I seen they a woman, a European woman before. I right? know it. So when she arrives, what do they do? You're you're a goddess. You're a queen. She's like, fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> Crown her, and she's revered as this as this just goddess. This is something different. So uh-huh. she follows the uh, Ghostbusters method. When someone asks you if you're a god, exactly. you, say you say yes. yes. Right. Exactly. And it, people actually quote that a lot. She would dress as a man while traveling through the Middle East as well, so it wouldn't draw too much attention until she reached mm-hmm. a specific place, which was Palmyra. Where Palmyra. is that? Palmyra in, in 1813. She crossed the desert 60 miles unmarked territory, which was known as one of the more dangerous paths you could take because along that was a lot of bandits, dangerous things. Real quick, yeah. we got to say, like, we're talking about this so casually. So casually. And think about 
how ballsy it is for a woman at this time. Yes. Like pre-woman's lib, like there's no women's rights. Like uh, for a woman to take up and do something I'm sure like this, she has bodyguards. I'm sure she's not she alone, but to lead an expedition, the, oh, that's crazy. Like yeah. you never hear that. The Bedouin like, brigadans, the Bedouin tribes. Yes, yeah. she was with a few Bedouins who were basically also bandits. Yeah. But these they were are, hired these are the people you see in the movie Lawrence of Arabia. They're like riding around. They're, it's Turkish territory, but yes. it's completely unorganized, and it's just dudes riding around the desert, like living a tribal lifestyle. They would they, they would rob wealthy for thousands people. Thousands of years, yeah. right? They would just rob wealthy people. Yes. that's what they would do. And she was a wealthy European. So, which um, tribe is that? Is that the one where um, that the Hawatat? That's uh, the Wadi Rum, right? The Wadi Rum I, people. I'm just guessing. That's just okay. from the movie. Um, but it's not that Syria Palmyra is a little further north. It's actually interesting. It uh, brings up another famous historical woman from Palmyra, Queen Zenobia. She ruled right before. No, Stanhope arrived. This was in the Roman times. This was in the second century. She uh, century. this this was once ruled by the legendary queen Zenobia. Zenobia. Yeah. yeah, it was her. It was her. She. Broke the empire, the city, and turned it into a, a new empire that mm-hmm. stole land from the Romans. By the- oh wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Hester mm-hmm. was the first European woman to step foot in that city, ever, ever. Huh. From them, your queen. She was basically treated as a queen, as royalty. From then, which I thought was pretty awesome. Then I'm waiting for the horrible part. There really isn't that much horrible part until later on in her life. <laughs> okay. But uh, like one one little tidbit is that um she whether on purpose or by accident started a war between two local tribes where <laughs> 300 people were killed. <laughs> what, just because of how she looked. Just because how she looked and how was she Helena Troy. How she's hot a, is this chick? She was a badass. <laughs> she was a badass. She's definitely above Sorge's pay grade. <laughs> 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 so she did she ever also... meet Lord Byron? <laughs> they were contemporaries. Uh, she's yes, older than she him, did. Though. He definitely fucked her. I think he said specifically that she was like more eccentric than he was. Like, like he, <laughs> she was a little too crazy for Lord Byron. So they fucked, and he's like, this "She was is, also six feet She tall. was like sticking her thumb up his ass, and he's like, "I, I, I can't do this. <laughs> this is too she much." Was, even she for was me. six feet tall. She was a spitfire. She was a badass, and it's just Lord Byron was looking for the sister. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> His half sister. His half sister. Um, <laughs> she was the first woman to enter the anti-female monastery of Saint Anthony. Why'd they let her in? Once again, she forced, her, she forced her way in. Let her, let me in. Yeah, and she was just a badass. She had a lot of followers that were scary. She, she, traveling with bandits. Okay. <laughs> she also enough of this hogwash. Deciphered an Italian treasure map and started the digging up of a lost city. So now she's Indiana Jones. She's Indiana Jones. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a little bit based off. Who would you cast her in a movie? That's tough. I have my I have my guess. Throng. I was gonna say Scarlett Johansson. Both are good. Both are good. We need a blonde. You need a blonde. Scarlett Johansson's blonde. Yeah. And you could die blonde. You could die. Yeah. That's true. But yeah, that was the first modern archaeology excavation of the Holy Land. She started this. Wow. Now, for the later years, <laughs> when she... Before the dark times. Kind of uh, the lost her mind. So her father taught her a little bit of alchemy and astrology. 
Isn't oh. alchemy all bullshit? It's all bullshit. So she would mix these potions, and she'd have visitors come by because she was famous. She had a lot of clout. Mm. And she would start r- frantically rambling about the potion and throw it on you. <laughs> Did she roll um, for damage, like with 20-sided die? Most likely. Yeah. Like, she was... <laughs> two damage, two damage. <laughs> so she's a kook now. She became a kook, <laughs> and then she also became, as most aristocrats do, massively indebted to people. Yeah, why do they do that? I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but if you're an aristocrat and, and go you on lose adventures. your mind, you go on an adventure... And you, and you lose you all your money. Because <laughs> I think, especially back then, you assume money is just always going to come in. Yes. And there's just zero financial responsibility. It's like we yes. can always just take right. someone over and get more. Yeah. That is like the – that's what the French Revolution like put to bed was those type mm-hmm. of guys. Like I, like Lafayette in France is the richest guy in the country, and he just like throws money around like, like it's nothing mm-hmm. and sells off shit. Just to fund his own adventures, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm reading a book about this too, and that shit is definitely there. Like talking mm-hmm. about this guy's in debt, this dude's in right. debt. Always, and, and they like, they always have like other people that manage their finances yep. for them, and they come up with like schemes trying to get out of it yes. and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they'll like start like getting like a sugar boat and stuff, <laughs> you know. Well, right. I I don't think she had uh, many schemes besides like like plans of escape because she at this point in her life she was living in i think lebanon or what what is now lebanon Mm -hmm. and like she had this house on a hill but she would dig tunnels like escape tunnels to get out of her house just in case just in case people came to get her because she's now she's in debt she's a famous white woman when there's there's chaos going around constantly because it wasn't really a stable area no so she oh, especially decides, the, like she said she was born in 1776 by the time she's 30 like the world the all of Europe is at war yeah including the Turks mm-hmm. <laughs> so she actually got out at a pretty good time yeah to do what she wanted to do but it definitely wasn't the safest place right so in her house though like all she had all these intricate tunnels and escape routes she boarded up the outside so much so that the only way you could see her she shaved her head so mm-hmm. she didn't look like her wore like hats and and Scarves and everything. She's always in disguise. She would open up like a little slat where only her arms could fit to hand her stuff and talk to because she was so paranoid that people were after her. Well, also, she's among the Arab tribes and they... She's amongst dangerous people. They... At this time. They don't like uh, unveiled women. You know, mm-hmm. she's she'd be a problem. Yeah. I well, suppose. she would walk around dressed as a man for a decent amount of time around the Middle East mm-hmm. and f- until she was able, like actually revered as being this royalty. Right. Sadly, she locked herself in her house so badly that she couldn't get out. She ended up dying at home. <laughs> Nobody knew. Luckily in her bed, but uh, people knew she was in there, but she she died there. One she the, was old. She was one of those, sick. Like where they find the corpse yeah. six yeah. weeks later, the yep. mail's piling up outside yep. in the slot. Mm-hmm. The TV's on. It's super loud. People were, still, yeah. <laughs> people were still in communication with her. Right. But over time, it's like, all right, we, don't, we didn't have her here from her in a long time. But it took a little while to get in because it was so well boarded. But they couldn't infiltrate the compound? That it took a little while. Well, at least you need a lot of people, mm. you know? So that was the, the story of, oh, the quick story of Lady Hester Stanhope. She never had kids or anything? I don't believe so. That's very interesting. But she was yeah. a traveler. She was a traveler that's, and a badass woman. That's cool. I'd watch that movie. Mm. Yeah, me too. And I, I of course... 
you look her up, there's more detailed versions of everything. So Brian is showing me the doodle he's made for Richard Sorge. Oh, what does it look like? I can't I, see. Let's I don't again. know what I'm looking. It looks like Spain. With, like, a man <laughs> drawing on a cave? What am I looking at, Brian? So this is the gun battle sequence from Bond. <laughs> with Sorbet in the middle, and he shot his gun, and the blood is coming back. You know, it's, a, it's an oval. It looks Wait, like a map oval. of Spain. I, I, can't, I, can't I can't draw. I hope you're taking pictures of all those, because I really... Yeah, we're going to... We'll, we'll yeah, I want post a compilation them. of that. Okay, uh, so Anthony. All right, so. You said you had a game. I have another game, guys. I'm the reigning Thank, champ. Thank God. Are you the reigning champ? I won last game. Okay, all right. Well, didn't, didn't uh, this get, one, get him one. Get him one. Is yeah. along the, the yeah. same lines as the last one. I have created yet another top 10 list. Okay, okay. top 10 is better than top 20. Um, nice. We are doing today, my opinion, <laughs> the top 10 most important and impactful battles. In American history. Oh, in American. Oh. Oof. Okay. Okay. American does only. This, does this have to be on American soil? No. It's just, just the United uh, States has participated in it. Okay. 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 That's, that's... Who wants to start off? Um, I will. You could start off, but I, I already know what I want to do first. First. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Midway. Midway is number three. Okay. Number three, the Japanese spear blunted, never to be regained. Do you remember when I got drunk on New Year's Eve one time and I was banging <laughs> on a piano singing a song yes. about Midway? Yes, I do. I think we have a recording of that. <laughs> one of us has a recording maybe, of that. Maybe if we find it, we could put it at the end of the episode. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That is my number three. I would have said D-Day. D-Day, the Operation Overlord, number five. Okay. Number five. It's interesting. The Invasion of okay. Europe. Yeah. Third one. You guys started both started over World War Two. American Revolution. Yeah. Revolutionary well, I, War. I was I'm I'm next. Calm yeah. down. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I know what I would say. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to th and I'm it's at the tip of my tongue and I'm trying to think of the last battle in If the I remember war. last time you guys got like the top four or five quick, right away. Real quick. Yeah. You you're mixing it up right now. So you got three and you got five. Yeah, I'm trying to th it's at the tip of my tongue. <laughs> mm -hmm what the final battle of the war is and I Yorktown Yorktown is on my list number nine wow okay the American slow. Revolution America exists now yep <laughs> I have I have the next thing I would say Gettysburg yep. Gettysburg of course the largest most bloody battle uh, actually no I think there's more I think there's one other one that's bloodier but it is my number one as most important most impactful the union thank is you. saved thank, thank God yep so we're two for two right now. Two for two. two. Each. For two. Yeah. We're two for two, but this is competitive. Okay. I like this. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is where I'm going to start doing bad now. Okay. This 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 is getting a bit trickier. Yeah. I'm going to say the Battle of New Orleans. Brian, great pick because that is number six. The Battle okay. of New Orleans. Wow. Andrew Jackson. Yeah. Saves the day from the British. Secures the middle. The, the Louisiana Purchase. So important for, like, everything that comes right, after. Exactly. Like Western yeah. expansion happened because we won this battle. It's like Rocky too, you know, like, except if Rocky won in the first one. Yes. you Like, you have to win the rematch to prove you're mm -hmm. legit. Mm. Great pick. Yeah. I thought that would be a hard one for you guys. Okay. Number six. Very good, very good. How many we got left? We got one, two. Well, I think it's 3-2 right now. So three, we have five left. Four, 
And five. Yeah, we have five, five left. left. Five left. That's we haven't missed one yet. No. The pressure's on. I'm you, probably Steve. gonna miss this one because I, I want to. I say think it's getting a little harder. It's now. getting harder. Yeah. yeah. Bunker. Bunker Hill is a great guess. However, it is not Damn. on my list. There is one that happened. It's close. Right around that time. Fuck you. <laughs> that is on my list. Fuck right you. <laughs> okay. Are you counting Concord and Bunker Hill together? No, I'm co- not. No, he's not. Okay. He would have. Concord. Concord and <laughs> Lexington is you. number four. The, fir- the shot heard around the world. Fuck you. <laughs> Pieces of shit. Beaver's, Beaver's thoughts were stolen from him. Yeah. <laughs> Bunker Hill was a great guest. Thank yeah. you. So that is, it. so I'm up 4-2, uh, I believe. 4-2. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. This is great. <laughs> so there's only four more left. These there's are four more left. Now I'm out of ideas. Uh, I would say... I have the next thing I would say. I have... Uh, I... Bay of Pigs. Bay of Pigs is not on my list. Damn oh, it. I should I should point out, uh, all of these are American victories. Everything on my list. Obviously. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you repick because I, no, no, I've no, added no. that information. No, 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 no. no. no okay. Fine. All right. Bay of Pigs is a, is a miss. Go. It's a miss. It's a miss. I am going to say... Battle of the Bulge. Battle of the Bulge. Number 10. You got it. Yeah. Ah, So what what do I have? You've got the Bulge. You've got Yorktown. You've got New Orleans. And you've got Midway. Beaver has Gettysburg. Oh, you have Lexington and Concord as well. Yes. Beaver has Gettysburg. Uh, D-Day. He's got Operation Overlord. Yeah. And is that it? You only got two? I think so. Because the last two, one was a miss and the other one was stolen. <laughs> now I'm out of ideas. How many do we have left? Four. We have four. Four more. We have three, three left. Three left. Three left. Three. Yes. And they are all from different wars. Okay. Yeah, I figured that. All three of them. Operation Iraqi Freedom. No. Has not made the list. Wow. Yeah. That's and that's will, a little crazy. I dude. will say this. That's bad. Nothing that, on this list is post the Second World War. Yeah, well, we, you know, it's not too good for us after that. Right. <laughs> well, that's, that's why I thought it would have been on the list because it has such dire consequences. Going forward, but they're still unfolding. We can't really judge, you know, what's how just how brutal that was yet. And they, it you was know, pretty brutal. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going. <laughs> that's an entire. That's an entire war. I'm going by specific battles. Like if you said the siege of Baghdad. That's sure. A battle, yeah. You know. Yeah. So this, I don't think this is on here, mm-hmm. but I can't think of a specific battle from this war. The Alamo. That was the. Wasn't Tex- the, Al- the, the Alamo Texas, was the battle? Yeah. Well, it, yeah. The Alamo is the battle, but it's that's part of the Texas Revolution. Yeah. I'm not going to count that as a, as American. Okay. And uh, that, I wouldn't put that on my list either way. Okay. Hmm. I've got, okay, um, I'll help you guys out a little bit. Um, every one of these is in the 1800s. Okay. I, fig- I figured that. No, no, I'm sorry. One, one of them is in the 17. Uh, one of them is in the 17, the other two in the 18. Hmm. Oh, I got, I got the next one. Easy. Go ahead. Trenton. Close. No. Valley Forge. No. Oh. More impactful than both of those. Really? Yes. Saratoga? Saratoga. That is my number two. That's my boy. Benedict Arnold? Yeah, my boy. That's your boy? Yeah, that's my boy. (laughs) Why is Benedict Arnold your boy? Because he loved the country. 
until he didn't. <laughs> until, until he couldn't until get he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got you got to admit that <laughs> that without him we don't exist because of what he did there. Absolutely true. Gunboats on Lake Champlain, yes, bro. Yes, great, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Eighteen um, hundreds. All right. We got two more. Two more. Eighteen hundreds. <sighs> Santa Ana. That's no, right. a guy. I'm, I'm trying to think of like a Spanish America. Is there one from Spanish America? There's nothing from the Mexican War, no. Okay. We had a really big war in the 1800s that's important to America. Spanish American War. That was a bigger one. 1812? Even bigger. Oh, Civil War? There you go. Oh, Appomattox? (laughs) No. That's the surrender. I mean, I I would think that's pretty big. It's uh, it's actually, um, I'm going to, I'll just tell you straight out, it's the first battle in the Civil War. Oh god damn it! Oh, I'm, fuck I'm you. not gonna remember any of this. Hold so. on. Oh, what's the first battle? <laughs> oh, you cocksucker! <laughs> oh, first battle. Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. When you say it, if come on, brain, come on, brain. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck! It's at the tip of my tongue. I, I, I want to say like Anita Hill, something like that. Hold on. That's. I'm I'm it's not close. I'm not it's too close. far it's off, close. right? It's close. It's close. You looked it up. Starts with, yeah, a, it's close. Starts with a B. Bahill. Bulls run. Bulls run. You slash bitch. first Manassas. <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> God fucking damn it. <laughs> the last one that you guys haven't gotten. Uh, you want me to just tell, tell me? You? Tell me the war. You okay. said this is 1700s. Uh, no. This is not a specific war, so to speak, but a series of wars. French and Indian Wars? Fought against different peoples. This is pretty much handing it to you. Yeah. It's not French and Indian Wars. No, this is in the 1800s. In the 1800s. Something happened where a bunch of people that weren't (laughs) together tried to get together, and it got put a stop to. I don't know. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But I don't know the actual, like, the name of the battle. I'll give you a a giveaway hint. And Tyler 2. Oh, Tippecanoe. The Battle of Tippecanoe. That was my number (laughs) seven. See, I I didn't know where it took place. I knew it happened, but I didn't know it was Tippecanoe. And I'll just rattle off the list for everybody at home. We got number 10 is the Battle of the Bulge. Number 9 is the Siege at Yorktown. Number eight is Bull Run slash full First Manassas. This is less funny than Letterman's top ten. I know. Uh-huh. Seven, Tippecanoe. Six, New Orleans. Five, Operation Overlord slash D-Day. Four, Lexington and Concord. Three, Midway. Two, Saratoga. One, of course, Gettysburg. Just want to say, two-time champ right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two-time. Two-time. Maybe, maybe you guys can make the game next time. Sure. Yeah, maybe. We, yeah, we, we could try. See. We could try. All right. So, uh, it's that time of the show where we pick the next movie we're going to watch. So, I think Mm -hmm. Brian has to pick first because I think the last time Anthony picked first. I did. Okay. And the time before that, I did. I will pick first. I was torn between a biopic and another one. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick Charge of the Light Brigade. That's a movie? There is a movie. Charge it from? The Light Brigade? I believe from 1968. Oh, sick. I'm excited for this. Cannon to the left of them, cannon to the right of them, cannon in yeah. front of them. And what are yours? I figured um, with all the Crimea shit going on, mm. I wanted to watch Top. it. It's topical. Yeah. Um, What's yours, I man? went with the 1600s. Okay. Here in the colonies. Oh, 
The Crucible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Because aren't there multiple? I assume the Winona. There probably Ra- is. I, I was thinking, you know, Winona Daniel Ryder. Lewis, Winona Ryder. I think okay. it's like 1996. Yeah. <laughs> I like that movie. I haven't seen it in a very, very long time. I watched it in high school. So did I. That was yeah. the last time I saw it. I think you see Winona Ryder's tushy in that movie. Ooh, and that's why I like nice. it. Winona Ryder, <laughs> very cute, and Hollywood did her dirty. Mm-hmm. She robbed a convenience store or something, right? Yeah, and it's like you see shit people do now, and it's like, really? We had to end her career for that? <laughs> All right, She's Beaver. like the only person in L.A. to ever get friggin' arrested for robbing. <laughs> they certainly don't do it anymore. The federal government does it every day to us. So... I'm picking the 1980s historical drama, The Elephant Man. Is that true? It is a real story. I have wow. never seen The Elephant Man. Wow. David Lynch. We're yes. getting some Lynch. We're getting some artsy-fartsy yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> this, is a, this is an eclectic mix right now. Yes. All right. All right, cool. So that's going to do it for uh, this episode. You guys want to say bye? Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, so uh, before we go, I want to give a big thank you again to Tell Em Steve Dave for letting us record at the TESD Town General Store. Come on down to Airport Plaza in Hazlitt, New Jersey. Visit Get Em Steve Dave, buy some merch, take a tour of the studio. It's a really cool place. Uh, highly recommend it. Even if you're not a TESD fan, it's definitely a cool place to come down and visit and maybe uh, discover a little something else. Um, follow me on Twitter at Brian Rupert. That's with two P's, B-R-I-A-N, Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T. Uh, you also follow me on Letterboxd where I rank every single movie that we watch in a nice little list. I also review every single movie I watch, and it's a good way for me to keep track of what I like and dislike. And if you like my reviews, feel free to comment. We could talk about it. Uh, if you want to tell me I'm a piece of shit because I hate Batman or you want to <laughs> talk to us about anything on the podcast, you could email us at reviewinghistorypod at gmail.com, reviewinghistorypod at gmail.com. So with that, I'd like to thank you for listening and say thank you. Have a great day. Bye.